0: sweet how you said lean
1: yeah good good yeah really enjoyed it um you know living in the hotels not not ideal but training's been great so
0: yeah how you feeling out there
1: good good really good body feels good feel like i'm in a good spot um just started seeing some light pitching so that's been good so yeah it's been good
0: yeah swing feeling good
1: yeah yeah bp's been going well so yeah trying to show it off a little bit
0: yeah sweet um, yeah. how's your arm feeling? Been throwing? How throwing been going well?
1: Yeah, really good. Yeah, I'm probably throw four days a week across the diamond now, so I'm ramping up pretty good. So, like every third day, I'll just sit out and have a like a quiet day. But yeah, no, it's been going well.
0: Yes, yeah, wait, no pain or anything at all.
1: Nah, no, nah, no dramas. So it's been good.
0: Perfect. And feel like you belong out there. Like don't feel out of your depth at all.
1: Yeah, no, it's been good. I mean, I definitely like I've got some guys that I played in double and triple with last year on the team, so I've been hanging out with them a bit. So, and then obviously with the big boys mixing and mingling a little bit, so it's been good.
0: Yeah, who did you who did you face in, uh Um, who would you face live pitching from?
1: Uh, today I faced Glassnow, Tyler Glassnow, and uh, uh, Jamie Schultz. I think his name is. So he he just came over this year. So.
0: Yeah, nice. How was facing glass now?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. Um, we had like a weird format as five, five pitches. So like it wasn't really an at bat. So it was five pitches. So I swung and missed a few twice, uh, and then I got a, took a few balls. So yeah, his stuff was pretty electric.
0: <laughs> yeah, sweet. Have you sh- uh, faced McClanahan at all?
1: Well, I haven't. He's throwing tomorrow. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm facing it, but yeah, he uh, he's pretty nasty.
0: Uh he's yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's crazy. Yeah,
1: he is good, dude. He is good, dude.
0: Sweet, um, sweet. I just oh, yeah, I got some questions for you, so I'll, I'll just they're on my phone. So, Perfect. sorry if I keep looking away. Yeah, uh, no, you're good. Sweet. So let's just start with um, just an insight to your journey from sort of starting with club ball and then progressing sort of to ABL, getting signed, minor leagues, and now being a major league prospect.
1: Yeah. So journey all started. I played T-ball uh, at Grange, just at a local competition. Dad was like, oh, like I used to play baseball. Like have a I used to hit balls around the yard a little bit. Um, so we went out there, uh, quite enjoyed it. Um, then he took me out and was my first coach at West Torrance. Uh, probably played like, uh, maybe like, Eight to ten years of junior baseball at West Torrens, before I uh, before I started playing a little bit of senior baseball. Um, played probably two years of A grade, as well as all, all the state and national teams growing up. Um, and then at age, I probably just turned 17, I think. I was lucky enough um, that the Giants weren't playing very well. So I had the opportunity to play uh, for the Giants um, for the whole second half. Yeah. Uh, tank just you know like when not very good would rather develop uh, young players uh, go get it pretty much your opportunity um, and luckily enough played really well so I uh, How'd
0: really you find... enjoyed how did you find going into that did that was a was that pretty nerve wracking for you or do you feel like you belong there straight away
1: Uh no I definitely was nerve wracking you know I had no expectations whatsoever I'm sixteen seventeen uh, facing guys that are pitching the big leagues i you know, I'm, I kind of knew I was out of my depth to start with, but I think because I had such a carefree attitude and I had no expectations whatsoever, um, it actually panned out for me. You know, I, I just had said to myself from the start, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not really meant to do good. So like, why not just see what I can do? Um,
0: yeah, definitely. Ended
1: up playing that year. Um, Then that gave me a ton of confidence going into my Nationals as my second year 18. Um, Because, you know, I'd been – I was an above-average state player year in, year out, Um, but I was never on like a national scale, was never really in the picture. Um, But then went there that year after playing in the ABO and having some some success, and it, you know, it totally slowed the game down. You know, I go back to facing people my own age and uh, not facing 95. Um and had a really good tournament and that was probably the first time that I uh, ever got any interest from scouts. So a few few scouts start talking to my parents, saying hello to me, and you know I was like wow like this is kind of cool. Um, then we then we start talking to them uh, probably for the next two or three months. Um, then I actually was lucky enough to be selected in. There was like a ten man uh, Australian team they took over to. America to play against um extended teams so teams like pro- professional teams but the lowest level of professional baseball yep um went over there competed really well uh and then uh talk started getting a bit more serious um and then probably 2 months after that signed with the Phillies
0: and that was when
1: 17 uh, yeah so se- I was 17 and a half uh it was in 2018 in may Went over and got my first taste, I think, in June. Mind you, I'm in high school. I'm in year 12 at this point. So I've signed at 17 in high school. We get three weeks off for winter, winter break for high school in the middle of the year. So I jet off to America, uh, get my first taste of the Phillies and just kind of get familiar with the situation. Come back for high school, do term three. On term three holidays, I go over for instructs again. So I'm back over there again training. Um again and then the following year uh, graduate come back graduate high school the following year i do my first full professional season so spring training extended gcl um and that was a super challenging year so didn't didn't love it you know fell out of my debt out of my comfort zone away from home um and then end up getting traded to the race uh in the end of 2019 and then ever since then have Played every level of the my league with Tampa, um, and this last November, I got fortunately got added to the the forty man. So,
0: yeah, awesome. Um, do you feel like it, it was sort of important for you to have a season where maybe you struggled a little bit, or you stepped up a level and realised that oh, I've got to sort of step this up with myself in my training?
1: Yeah, yeah, I probably honestly the. The, the kick in the teeth a little bit was the year. So I played my first year in the ABL. I played great and I had no expectations. Um, signed that year. The following year, uh, before I went over for my first year in 2019 with the Phillies, I, I didn't play good at all in the ABL. Um, you know, I I'd signed. I put way more pressure on myself. You know, I wanted to be as good as I was the following year. And to prove to everyone that, you know, I'm I'm this professional baseball player now, you know, like I, I belong here and, and really had a terrible first half. Um, and then it was so bad in the first half that I was like, I'm just, you know, who cares? It can't get any worse. So who cares again? And, and freed myself from expectations and played a little better in the back half. Um, and there was that point that I'm thinking, okay, I'm 18. I'm going over my first year like this first year i need to get a lot better you know i need to train harder i'm nowhere near where i need to be um i would just been over and seen in instructs the first round pick of alec bomb and he's six five uh over 100 kilos and he's chiseled and i'm going i'm six seventy five 75 kilos and just nowhere near it right now so like in three years time i need to be there um and so that was the kind of the moment that i was like it's either it's either i get a lot better or i stop playing so
0: yeah do you think that sort of helped you approach each season with, you said like you, you're you more successful when you have a little bit of a more relaxed attitude towards it or you're not trying to put pressure on yourself. Do you think giving yourself a timeline to improve and let your body develop sort of helped you um, develop that attitude?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew that I was going to get bigger my parents were big, like, my dad's a bigger person, a bigger guy. So I knew I wasn't going to be small. So yeah. I just knew that. If I started eating a little more, I started like actually taking some pride in my strength program that I was gonna get a little bigger um and I think from an expectation standpoint, I just knew that I needed time, you know and i and I figured if I was consistent every single day, I'd look back um and over time, I would just you know i'd I'd get better if I just stuck with it um so i I remember the first time I got over there when I saw all these guys. I took a photo of myself in the mirror and I'm like, okay, and see, every six months, I'm going to compare myself to where, what I look like just to see, yeah. you know, and six months later, I put on probably 10 kilos and I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, like, I actually look a good bit bigger. Um, yeah. And I kept doing that for probably two or three years just to remind myself, like, the hard work's paying off. Um,
0: yeah, it's great. And for, so it's sort of for the kids following at home, like, what size are you now? And like, you sort of, like, obviously, you have the size that you need now.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm six 6'2 now, about uh, 210 pounds, which is about 96, 97 kilos. Um, so, yeah, pretty happy with where I'm at size-wise. Uh, now just kind of maintaining it, becoming a little bit more explosive. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been good.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, again, for those sort of young baseballs flying at home, Curtis is 6'2, 96 kilos, but doesn't move like he's heavy at all like when we like we saw how you move and all your improvements yeah you don't move like you're a heavy person
1: yeah no i definitely you know i've not once have i ever set a weight goal of this is where i'm trying to get to i think i just wanted to get bigger more explosive and more powerful and i i probably got bigger first and then i started started to understand okay i want to become more explosive more powerful and you know, obviously you helped with that this past
0: off-season. So. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Um, What do you think helped, like, what did you do in your journey to help you get you where you are? Obviously, you've had a, a long time and a number of years to develop. Where do you think that sort of started and what sort of training were you doing at the time? Yeah, so probably the decision I made was probably <laughs>
1: that I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to play. I want to just see how good I can get at baseball. Um, But I knew that where I was compared to the 16-year-olds in America and the 16-year-olds in the Dominican Republic, I was way behind on reps. I was like, they've been throwing and hitting three times a day since they were six. And I've been throwing and hitting two times a week since I was six. You know, like I'm just so far behind. So I was like, I spoke to Chris Adamson um about it we kind of set out a goal and and you know let's and I would uh in year 11 and 12 I would train from about six to nine every morning and miss the first hour of school and then go to school every day and then I would continue to train with the cobble team but you know I was training six days a week in the morning and we would lift for the first hour then we'd hit for an hour and then we'd field and throw for an hour so i and and that's kind of when I took off, you know, and and like, it's it's funny, Tank always jokes about it now, like, oh, like, it's crazy that he turned out good, but uh, like, it, yeah, it was just wild, like all the hard work that I put in. And I was so passionate about it that it didn't feel like hard work. You know, I was happy to be there all day. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was me, Jordy and Tank. So we had a really good environment of working hard and, you know, Jordy and some of the other guys from Adelaide who had been over there. Um, I was able to bounce off them a little bit and kind of see what I needed to get to to be able to get the tun- opportunity to go over to America. Um, yeah,
0: it's crazy how a lot of people like will see it and think sort of just sort of like natural talent, but you were sixteen, putting in eighteen hours a week in the morning of training, then more in the afternoon as well, and no one sort of sees that behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's definitely definitely kind of crazy when you think about it like that. Um, but yeah, I just remember like being tired. Like I remember a few times I would train for three hours, go to school, then we had practice at at five. When I got my license, I drive to West Torrens because I didn't want to drive home and then to West Torrens again. So I drive to West Torrens, get there at four, and I'd sleep for an hour in the car up before training because I was so tired. But but I, I loved, you know training. I would change so yeah, yeah that was, it
0: yeah, was awesome. But- but it's important, like you got to get in. your sleep where you can if you want to. You if you want more out of it.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, that, obviously, my training schedule isn't that crazy now, unfortunately, because I don't have school to deal with. But you know, I still, I still train three hours a day at least, if not more, um, including strength training and everything. So yeah, you know, it's continual hard work.
0: And do you still feel like you have the same passion? Like it doesn't feel like I think we've had this conversation before. It doesn't feel like you're going to work because this this stuff's fun.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, the first two weeks of this off season, I came home, I couldn't throw because my arm, I couldn't hit because my arm, and you know, I was just finding things to do, and I'm like, holy hell, like I don't, I don't have a whole lot else to do. You know, I, I, I'm totally a creature of habit and i love the routine so i love to get up early um i love to go to training i love to hit for an hour i love to throw for an hour i love to go to the gym after and see you and work out for an hour like it doesn't feel like a job at all so i'm completely fortunate um but yeah i just really enjoy enjoy the hard work and i think that's why i've gotten better because i find it so easy to to work hard and work on my craft
0: yeah definitely i think a lot of the young baseballers that we have now need to realize that it's fun and it should be fun, but it like it's still hard work and it takes hours upon hours. But if you yeah. want to be a professional, enjoy it and enjoy that hard work.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think one thing that's always helped me is I am setting little goals. You know, whether it be for the week, for the month, for the off season, like there's always a goal in place. So then I feel like when I'm going to hit my goal is to work on pulling the ball. So at least, you know, if the session wasn't good, if I felt like I got a little bit out of pulling the ball, I'm like, okay, like that, I at least got something out of it and I'm kind of, you know, getting closer to achieving my goal. So I think setting little, you know, you don't just want to hit, like I don't hit for an hour because like I just want to tie myself out. I'm yeah. every Every rep is concentrated and I'm trying to get something out of it. So then when I... All of a sudden, I look up and I'm like, "Oh hell, yeah, it's been an hour! Like that just flew by, you know." Um, so I think setting those little goals make it so much easier to work hard and you know try and achieve them.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think it helps lead purposeful practice with your hitting or whatever your goal is for the session. It needs to be purposeful what you're trying to improve, and finding those little wins in each session makes yeah. it more enjoyable, more rewarding as well.
1: Uh huh. And then, and then obviously I've gone out and played a ton, you know, plenty of off seasons, plenty of hard work, then going out and playing and seeing the reward. You're like, Oh, that, you know, that might've sucked at the time, but damn, that was so worth it. You know, I might, we did some running this off season probably more than I've ever done. I might go out, you know, and steal 10 or 15 or 20 bases or whatever it is and think like, damn, like yeah, some of those running sessions were hard and annoying and not great. You know, I wasn't thrilled with how it went, but like, look at me now. You know, and other
0: yeah, definitely again. You know, yeah, sweet. Um, we'll, we'll t- talk about your swing, and we'll talk about some of the qualities of your swing as well, because obviously that's what that's part of a big reason why you're such a big major league prospect. Um, how did you become such a good hitter?
1: Uh, so like, I my dad taught me a lot from a young age. Kind of really the only person, probably to age fifteen. Or 14 that I really had any hitting advice from so I definitely got to give some props to him Um, but I think just over time being able to take in information and understand the swing a little better and understand what makes good hitters great Um, and yeah just being super curious you know my first year in America I would ask a ton of questions because I'm like how the hell are the you know, like, I can hit a little bit, but how the hell are these guys hitting 95 day in, day out? Like, what gives them – what capabilities to and, and qualities do they have that make them able to be so so consistent? Um, so, just being super driven with understanding uh, what I'm trying to achieve and then and then putting the hard work in with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And yeah. Uh, this is sort of for, for SSE coaches because we are after – tried to develop elite movers and elite patterns for sports performance um but i want to hear you from an athlete perspective what do you think develops elite movement patterns
1: what do i think builds elite movements patterns
0: yeah just what we've talked about before in your swing and you know i was obsessed with how you sort of snap your hips through what do you think helps you develop movement patterns that are such high quality like that
1: Uh, I think the understanding initially of what you're trying to achieve you know and a lot of what I did when I was learning to hit uh, from some of the hitting guys I learned in America that kind of took my game to the next level was super slow and controlled early and and a really good understanding of what I'm looking for and what I'm trying to achieve and then just a ton of repetitions you know I would do it like ridiculous, like my girlfriend will laugh at me all the time because I'm doing it in the kitchen, like at night, and my family's laughing at it because we're out for dinner and I'm practicing, you know, I'm just obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think just a, a good understanding. As, and then I watch myself on video a lot because yeah. I know what I want it to look like. And uh, then I can judge myself after every single swing. You know, Tampa had this new thing at spring training the other day where it's like a delayed video camera. So it's set up on the side of you. I'd take my swing and then it would be like a four-second delay. So then I'd look over and be able to see my swing on the delayed camera. So yeah. then i watch my swing. Okay, good. Take another swing, turn over, watch it again. So it's like such a quick process. Um, so, yeah, no, just just a ton of repetitions, I think, as well.
0: Yeah. That's cool. So you guys are really using instant live, like, visual feedback for almost every swing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, the hitting sessions might go a little longer, but the amount of swings I'm taking is probably less and they're so they're in such a controlled environment. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that definitely helps.
0: Yeah. It's a cool way to get like a lot of feedback quickly. Um, and that helps drive again, that purposeful practice. Um, just trying to, I mean, obviously those sessions are going to be, might be a little bit more taxing because, you are using so much brain power to for swinging and then thinking about it and reflecting as well. But I yep. like that's really cool practice to do.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's it's helped me a ton. Um,
0: and what makes your movement style unique? I know you came in to me and you know you know you've been told from uh, strength coaches in the past that you're a tenderness sort of soft tissue driven athlete. You've yep. got a lot of bounce and a lot of whip. How yep. do you, think you sort of help your help develop your swing?
1: Yeah, so I, I I guess like I've never I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, but like in comparison to your average home run hitter, you know I'm I'm a lot smaller and not as strong as them. Um, so I think I'm I'm like not super mobile because I'm not like like if I if you told me to stretch my hamstring, I can barely touch my toes. Um, but I think like mobility and like my T spine and being able to Pretty much like separate my upper body and my lower body um so one thing's doing one thing like pretty much creating that rubber band effect um has been able to allow me to whip you know create bat speed ideally um so yeah just being super mobile
0: yeah um and like, like i've seen you practice your reps in the gym in some some drills that would be done and then some like you do it just in your rest as well yeah. Curtis is so fast at being able to sort of go into internal rotation, let the hips follow, and then let everything else follow, and it's just it's pretty incredible to see. Um, and it really, really is elite level of movement patterns.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um,
0: and we do. I have had a number of athletes ask me sort of how how does Curtis swing like that when he's not a bigger guy, and yeah, it's just sort of being able to use hip and shoulder separation and whip everything through. Um, Do you think it's something that's really individualized or do you think something it's your swing is something that other people can model their swing to?
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like, if I was to teach a kid to hit, I wouldn't tell him to set up how I set up. Um, I think there's definitely unique patterns uh, that everyone does. I mean, you watch the best hitter in the big leagues. There, There's all, always something a little bit different uh, to them. But they also have a lot of similarities. You know, the barrel's in the zone for a long time, giving them, you know, maximum time to to hit the pitch. Whether you're a little late, a little out in front, um, the barrel's always in the zone for a long time. They have really good breaks, so they're not getting fooled. You know, they can hold their move and they can stop their move quickly um and they all swing the bat really hard you know the whether it's brute strength whether it's like the hip and shoulder separation like there's always those factors that make the best hitters the best hitters so i think you, i think you would try and teach people uh to achieve those goals, however they want to achieve and um, however they can, but you wouldn't say stand here, put your hands like this and do this. You know, it's not, it's not an equation.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people get caught trying to lead someone down a rabbit hole of teaching them one way when I think sports performance should be outcome driven.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And, it, and if, you know, if someone's hitting a golf ball, and they're hitting it perfect every time but it looks stupid like you're not going to say anything you know and that's the same thing with baseball if you're swinging the bat at 80 miles per hour and you're making a ton of loud contact like no one's gonna no one's gonna say anything
0: yeah i like to say to people like no one cares how you hit a home run yeah oh 100
1: 100 100
0: um and just give us an insight of sort of how your hitting numbers compare to some of the best major leagues or best prospects in the game i know you've got some elite exit velocity numbers uh
1: yeah so the the mlb average is 108 for the the top end so as an average the best hitters you know and you've got guys like judge and stanton and they're 120 but on average the the high end is 108 and my high end is about 114 113 so you know i'm five to six miles an hour harder than the average big league.
0: Yeah. So you're right up there with some of the hardest hitters in the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Reasonably close. While not also not being a massive dude either, which is pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing that, you know, motivates me is I don't think I'm a finished product physically. You know, I I still think there's more to get. Uh, So that's, that's super exciting too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, while you were training with us and like training with myself, like for our off season, a big focus was speed development. Why, why did you come into the off season thing, knowing that was something you wanted to work on and that was something you really wanted to build your game leading up to the season coming?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we'd probably, you know, I'd probably been sat down a time or two uh, before every off season and we discussed goals and, Obviously, I had a a pretty solid offensive year. Um, There was obviously things that I worked on in the offseason in terms of offense, but the organization felt that the biggest step for me was uh, defensively, and they sat me down and showed me some metrics on my defense and had said, you know, Curtis, like, you don't make a ton of errors in terms of miscatching the ball or throwing the ball away, but there are a decent portion of balls that – Fernando Tatis gets to and makes the play, but you're not getting there, you know? So they're saying that they they think my ability to catch the ball and throw the ball online is good, but uh, there's probably some balls that if I had an extra step, I'd be able to catch it, but I'm not able to right now. Um, So every play that is hit in play in the big leagues, it has a hit percentage and an out percentage. And so it might... You know, they might be a to hit at me that is sixty percent of the time an out, but because I was a little slow, I wasn't getting there, so it's a hit. But in their in the organization's viewpoint, that's like a negative against me. Like, yes, you didn't make the error, but 60% of the time that's an out. So that needs to be an out, is how they view it. Um so my my we have discussed being more agile and being quicker. Um so my first step quickness. Uh, and speed down the line, obviously, as well um, in terms of running the bases. You know, I just didn't want to be – I felt like coming into this offseason with all the feedback I'd got, the the furthest away from big league ready, I felt like I was, was my speed and agility. Yep. Um, so that's why I, I came to you and and figured that if I could come into camp looking a little faster and a little more agile, they would be like, okay, like he – he did a ton of work on that. Like he really wants to play
0: in the big leagues. Yeah, definitely. Um, and how do you feel? How do you feel out there now? It's um, at spring training. Do you feel like you have that quicker first step? And that's something that's that that you sort of brought that weakness up a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I and a few coaches noticed that worked with you the season before, and you know, it's pretty cool to hear. Oh, hey Curtis, you're looking great. Like you're looking quick. You're looking. You know the arms look moving good, like everything's moving good, and you're like, oh, okay, like oh, that was cool. Like he's, they have meetings about players, so he's gonna say, oh, I thought Curtis looks great, like, and you know, your name know, gets brought up, and so it's definitely cool to hear some really nice things, and yeah, I've gotten a few compliments about my body and and how I'm moving, which
0: is cool. Yeah, perfect. I'm I'm really happy with that. Well, I'm happy yeah. we provide you with yeah. a really good off season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and thank, thanks for having me. Obviously.
0: Um what do you think say say so if we if we come off this season and you you um planning out another the, the next off season what's another part of your game that you think is next up for some serious development
1: Uh you know I mean it depends it depends how the season goes obviously to get some feedback and some analytics on it Um I would say I would say I'd like to give my arm strength a good crack you know, obviously, this year with the injury, I was pretty much just rehabbing it to make sure I didn't hurt. Um, and I'm hoping that this season I get through with no pain, um, and I'm able to build next year to be able to come into spring training, you know, with a really good arm. Um, yeah. That would probably be the big one. If I didn't, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't get to look at analytics and get feedback, that would be my viewpoint from the outside looking in. Um, is you know, I want to have the arm that Manny Machado does from third base to first you know I want I want every aspect of my game to be as good as it can
0: yeah definitely you would need to be well-rounded out there as much as possible
1: yeah yeah
0: um what advice would you give to young South Australian baseballers sort of wanting if they're looking to go to college looking to get signed and play professional baseball what's something you would tell them
1: Uh, I'd probably tell them that it's not as crazy as it seems. You know, I, I at age 15, 16 had no idea that I could, you know, five years time I'm where I am right now. You know, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, but after coming over, uh, over here, living it, working hard, you know, I don't, I, I just think it's not as crazy as people think, you know, and I think that, everyone back home and all the other young baseball players like this needs to be a goal you know I think it's an attainable goal I think that everyone you know could train train a ton and you know dedicate some time to their craft and be able to play college baseball you know I think that not enough people in Australia really think oh like yeah I guess I could go to college but whatever like you know it's nothing but it's like no you could really go to college and make an impact and you know like then all of a sudden, when you're over here, like scouts are watching you every single day, you know, and and it's just it's just one good day away from being playing in front of the right guy. Um, so I think, yeah, I think kids just need to realise that, you know, this is this is something that they could do, you know.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's a good message to say, like if you if you really want it, you can like you can have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Totally. Cool. Um, we'll just finish with a little bit of a speed round. Perfect. Who's your favourite player right now?
1: Right now? I'm going to go with Shohei Otani.
0: Shohei Otani. And what what was
1: that? Uh, Because I just know how hard it is to hit 100, and he does that, let alone pitches it as well. You know, it's just crazy to think that he faces, you know, like he faced a guy with a 100-mile-an-hour sinker, and then three days later he was throwing it on the mound. Like, that's just ridiculous to think
0: that someone. Yeah. Uh, Favorite player ever? Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. Favorite Australian player?
1: Cool.
0: Probably Dave Nielsen. Dave Nielsen. Yeah. Favorite sport other than baseball? Uh, AFL. AFL? Yeah. Thought it might have been college football.
1: It's getting there. It's growing on me, but definitely still an AFL guy.
0: Yeah. And favourite fast food? Uh,
1: I'll give you two answers. Australia, Hungry Jack's, and America, Chick-fil-A slash Chipotle.
0: Yeah, Hungry Jack's.
1: Yeah, ma- used to be a massive Hungry Jack's guy. Uh,
0: not eating that much as now, as much now, I hope. Uh,
1: no, I, uh, you know, when I was 75 kilos, I, I had no guilt in... Yeah. No guilt. And, it, may, it, you know, it didn't... When I was younger, it, it didn't have any effect on me. You know, I could have eaten anything and I felt the same. Well, now, I, now I'm starting to feel the effects of good nutrition and sleep and all that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to put on weight somehow.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, well, thanks for having a chat to me, man. I appreciate it. And I'm sure I know myself, everyone at AC, and obviously everyone in the state and country is probably really excited to see how you go this season
1: yeah thank you thanks thanks for having me on and thanks for the training in the off season and yeah i'm uh pumped to see what i can do so
0: uh, that's right man. We'll, we'll be happy to have you back ne- next off season as well
1: yeah perfect sounds good